Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome the dog days of summer see you podcast for tuesday july 30th 2019 alongside recording producer ian ferguson i'm pat country oh uh, we got lots of fun stuff to talk about lots, lots, lots of q a we'll talk about the Fortnite tournament results as the official uh pubg gaming modern gaming Fortnite podcast battle royale game. battle royale podcast battle royale podcast <laughs> pubg modern gaming i uh, was talking about uh doom with drm that's always fun uh, we'll be talking about uh, discussion about NES values, blah, 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 Q&A. It's a fun time. It's kind of a loosey-goosey podcast. Uh, first off, uh, I will be at Missouri Game Con this weekend, August 3rd. That's going to be fun. I'll be there with Norm, the gaming historian, and friends. Go to mogamecon.com for more information. That's outside, about 20 minutes outside St. Louis. Oh, ghost phone starting. That's always good. Um Please don't be an embarrassing voicemail. I don't have a student loan. Now I'm pissed. So this is what happens now. I get calls twice a week, three times a week. And that's not a real person. That's a robocall. I'm aware. Uh, and the one time I talked to someone for real, it was a call center in, I don't know, India, Pakistan. It was not not in this continent. That's still fake, by the way, that call. She's, she's like pretends to be all trepid. Uh, and I, so I talked to this person on the phone who insisted I had a, a, a student loan still. They were adamant. And I said, please take me off your list. I do not have a student loan. I pay my student loans off probably by 26 or so. They were paid off, uh, you know, like 12, 13 years ago. And she's like, and the person was like, oh, no, you have student loans. I was like, oh, okay, I haven't got anything in the mail. I think I would have heard about it by now. They would have they garnished my wages. So there's so many robocalls now you get. More so, even on cell phones. But there, there are apps to help. Uh, I'm going to do a cheap plug, and this isn't uh, this isn't paid. There's an app I uh, it's already cut down on my uh, calls on my uh, on my cell. Uh, what is it called? Sorry, we're going off in a weird direction here. But these calls suck, and they're getting worse. And the the do not call gov thing does not work for this. So the app is called Call Protect, and I've downloaded it like oh, within the past week. I have less. Way less. They they like pre-screen the numbers. There's like a bunch of numbers that they're saying they, they, they identify these numbers as bullshit numbers. Hmm. So they screen them before they get to you. I don't know how it works. It's like it's like magnetism, but I've gotten less so far. And it's like and it's like a four star rating in the app store. Anyway, speaking of apps, um, because a couple people harassed me about the NES app, it's getting totally revamped. I don't want to talk about it until it's done. But that's why you haven't heard anything. The last developer, besides owing me over three thousand uh, dollars, totally dropped the project, and we'll talk about him soon enough in more detail. But it's getting totally redone from scratch. Begins with a J. Begins with a J. His name and it, and it uh, uh, ends with Eri. So that's that's we'll talk about him. Uh, oh, in the detail. little mouse. The, yeah, yes, this, <laughs> the little mouse. The little mouse uh, screwed Pat in in the poocher. Jerry was. I mean. God. 
you know, when you're a kid, you don't know the dichotomy between of the Tom two and Jerry. of them. But now it's Pat and Jerry. It's like 50-50 on the show, but Jerry was really a jerk. He was no. Sometimes Tom just wanted to relax and hang out. He didn't always want to just. Tom's you know. just being a cat. Yes. Tom's doing what he needs. Sometimes to Sometimes he's just doing nothing. Sometimes he gets angry and rambunctious like cats do. I've, I I like the ones where they were friends. I did. I didn't want to see Tom get his ass kicked all the time. Like they, they were fine. funny though. Yeah, the, are... the original ones from like the early fifties. Yeah, I've got a DVD 40s, of 50s. them. I think I've got like thirty five episodes. So for the on first there. like five years, he got his ass kicked. They, they became friends, and then they fought like, like the dog or whatever. The dog would always kick the shit out of Tom as well. I'm sorry. Anyway, so uh, what was I saying? Robocalls and uh, Tom and Jerry and my app. Um, oh, uh, speaking of that, the book, the uh, Super Nintendo book, is like ninety. 7.9% finished. So that'll be done and going to print hopefully hopefully in a week or so and get it out of my get it out of my life. Then I become more of a gamer again. Speaking of uh gamers, do you want to talk about the Eon N64? We'll, get, okay, fine. we'll do that. We'll get back to the gamer stuff. <laughs> um so uh so Eon Eon sent us the N64 yes, HDMI. We were adapter. sent an Eon N64 HDMI adapter review unit. Um, and I took it home and, uh, you know, tested it, put it through its paces. Um, couple things to say. I'll start. Well, it upscales to what? 720p? I believe it's 480. Is it 480? But let's double check that. Okay. You go on. I'll check. You talk. Um, I'll go with the good first. It's, um, very easy to use. You plug it in, add the HDMI cable onto the back and you're off and going. Um, it's simple. There's really no fussing with it. Uh, and it does. It clears up the picture. Um, it is 480p. Okay. okay yeah. Zero lag image. 480p. Okay. Um, so it really crisps up the image um, and makes it look less like a Vaseline blob on your TV, which is the ideal end result of these things is to clear it up. So according to this, it actually it brings the S video out and scales it. That's what it does. Okay. okay. So that's going to be the cleanest image. Okay. So, um, in that regards, it works fantastic. Uh, it also has a button on the side that will, if you press the button on the side of the adapter, it'll apply... Slick mode! It'll apply a filter. Um, Slick mode, it's called. To its credit, I have to say this. I've never liked the way filters look on anything that's doing, you know, um, upscaling. I don't like filters on, you know, the Frame Meister. Um, when, you know, video games get re-released and put out like old ones, there's usually all sorts of filters you can put over them. Mm -hmm. Haven't liked those. The filter on the um, Eon N64 adapter, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the system it's being used on. It could be if I, but that filter, that slick mode, actually looks really nice. It just unjaggies the edges, right? Right. And like I said, normally when that is when that is attempted, I really dislike it, but it works wonderfully on the um the n64 adapter um i played uh pokemon snap on it i played pokemon! i played uh wwe no mercy on it and um pokemon snap it did it, it looked great it uh really uh sharpened up the text and the critters, I, I can imagine that game would be very hard to play without some sort of HDMI solution or using it on a CRT TV. Um, WWE No Mercy uh, was sharper and cleaner. It had a Stone Cold's bald head look. I, you know, the thing is, I don't know that you necessarily want to see 
<laughs> those models cleaner. Sure. Which is the problem with N64 in general. Yes. And it leads me to, you know, my next statement. Um, there's only so much you can really do to clean up the N64. Um, you're not going to see, you're not going to see that. It, it, you're not going to get the level of upgrade from the N64 adapter that you would have gotten, say, from their GameCube adapter. Sure. So, you know, I think people should know that going in if they don't know anything about the technical side of it. It's not going to suddenly make your N64 look amazing, but it is going to make it look good on the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, I, I have to mention that we're entering an era with Eon where other companies are starting to do um, comparable products. And... Um, you have things like the uh, the retro tink. You have the HDMI cables uh, coming out, I believe, from Hyperkin. Hyperkin and Pound Tech started, and then Hyperkin started them. So um, you have others. The OSS you told me about. Yes, the OSSC. OSSC. Yeah, and, uh, and you have mod kits, board kits. Just you can just internally mod your. System I think as well. the board kit will probably go the way of the dodo at this point. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. What Metal Jesus did, but yeah. So I mean, that, and that's that's really where I'm going. I, this is. More convenient and less hassle than a board mod. Um, now, I haven't had a chance to run a 64 through a retro tank, but is it really that much better between the EN and the retro tank and other... And I, I, I have to admit here, I have to pull from other places because I didn't have everything to test it from. It appears that between the retro tank and the, you know, the, uh, the EON um, adapter, that they're pretty similar. Uh, and I'd say it, the RetroTink is a cheaper device. And, it, and it's for every console. Yeah, you, you can use it for most Component any and composite. Yeah. That's most retro gaming consoles. So you can use it for those. Um, we get to the point where the GameCube adapter came out at a time where that wasn't a super common thing. Also, you know, and so people bought it. It was plug and play. It was easy. But as we move on and as... Um, more companies start to release this sort of stuff. Uh, Eon, I think, is in danger of maybe losing that Cadillac designation. Well, it's not. I, I don't think you can get 150 for this. It's anymore. not a novelty anymore when three or four different companies put out the same product. Right. So even if they were first to market with the GameCube one, what was that at this point? Um, a year and a half ago, that came out a year two, and a half ago. Two, uh, yeah, I guess. something like that. Um, with the with the GameCube one. Other companies follow suit. In the Pound Tech cables, there's now four or five different ones. Hyperkin is putting out their versions, which are probably somewhat similar. There's only so many ways you can put out the same product. So, like, when I saw Metal Jesus' video and he compared, he did a great job comparing four things. The Ultra HDMI upgrade kit, which is a board kit. Uh, and, obviously, that's the best one. Like, that upgrades to 1080p total. It looks looks gorgeous. It looks like – it looks great. Then he did the Retro Tink, which is, like you said, the all-in-one one. Uh, the Eon one and then the Hyperkin cheap cables for like 30, 40 bucks. And obviously the Hyperkin ones look, look the worst. The colors are off, but yeah. it's only 30 bucks. You get what you pay for. The, the retro tank, uh, which is a hundred dollars, which is a device I didn't know existed before. Um, looked to me exactly the same. I was really trying to see the difference between that and the $150 Eon one. So now you have, uh, and like you said, the OSSC device, which is probably a better version of something the Retro Tink does, correct? Uh, it's a little bit pricier. I don't know, but it's another it's a, one it's of another those. another one of those, yes. like, you know, uh, just HDMI converters, you know, analog to HDMI converters. You have so many different companies doing this that 
there's there's so much competition in the marketplace that prices come down. And unless you really want a reason to buy an adapter for each individual device, at the end of the day, you'll be spending potentially several hundred dollars to do that versus just buying one device for a hundred bucks to, to do something very similar. Right. So to, to me, that's where we're at in the marketplace with this. I think $150 to do one device, while it could have been kitschy and cute originally, by the third or fourth product, how many people are willing to do that? I think there are. I think there's definitely a market, and I I could almost. It's a lot of money. I'm not, there's there's a market. I think it's. I think it's gamers with a bit more money. There is a market for something that is simply take it out of the box, plug it in. You're literally playing in two seconds, and you're not screwing with anything. Sure. But leave it in the back of your of your console. Yeah, but sure. is the. Is the price difference worth that right now? Is it worth you know a you know a few less minutes worth of work? Um, well, if it's a fifty dollars device, that's one thing. One hundred fifty dollars, right? I expect it to be the best of its type, which in this class it's not. It's the Ultra HDMI kit, um, I, but I expect it to be significantly better than the competition, and it's not. Well, what I'm gonna, so I, we had kind of mentioned this before. If the Eon 64 HD was 100, and the RetroTINK was 100. I think you would still have some people who wanted to buy the Eon sure. for ease. At 150, it's it's tough. And um, I don't want to sound too hard. It's a good product. It does what it's supposed to do. It was easy to use, and like I said, it looked very nice. Um, I just don't know if the market will hold that price any longer. Yeah, like like I'm, I'm, in, I'm in for this RetroTINK. Like I had no idea this wasn't really a thing. Um, and if it's simple, it gets latency about fifty-three microseconds. So that's like half of a tenth of a second. That I can still beat Mike Tyson with that. I think, but I still. Th- I, like, like, say, I hope so because I yeah. told you that my frame lifespan had forty-four, and you were like, "That's not doable." No, no, no! I didn't say that. Well, the TV adds more on top oh, of my, that. Mine is really yeah. Okay, the t- yeah. you can never get rid of lag from a TV. TV. Yes. But but I'm sure the NES Classic, uh, like the NES Classic, I can't beat Tyson on my TV. Maybe with my Samsung, but but there's lag on the NES Classic that's built into it, I believe, with, with the with the emulation, whatever else. But uh, no, for Tyson, I think once you get over a tenth of a second, you're toast. Mm. I think that's that's how how much it is with that, or definitely two tenths of a second, you're done. But I think a tenth is where the cutoff is. So anyway, uh, so all right, thanks for the review. You can give me back to review whenever you want. Mm-hmm. You'd probably play it more than me because uh, because uh, Pat's not a gamer. So when we did that topic, it was, to me it was supposed to be tongue-in-cheek, you know, Ian, you know, sometimes likes to punch me in the gut uh, on the podcast. That's fine. I can take it. You do the same. Um, yeah, that's fine. I'm not saying, I'm not, I didn't chastise you for it. I'm just saying you like to do it. You, you're smiling right now. Think about the next time you're going to do it. Uh, the comments were funny on the on the YouTube, by the way, because by the way, YouTube comments are, are the most clean and sensible people around. Yes. I just want to, I want to talk, I don't want to talk about most of them. Uh, one person compared me to uh, uh, a reseller that just plays games to to to, uh, to sell and make sure they're, they're, they work in something. I'm like, that's that's a bridge too far, but okay. Um, this Seems one like a reach. That's that's a reach. Uh, this is this is funny because I couldn't tell if this was a troll or true, but it's probably a combination of the two. This is from uh, the, I don't usually go over. I'm not actually going to go, go after this person in the comments. I'm just going to point it out. I might go after him because people think like this. Uh, this is T. Byram. Generally, gamers are people who not only play games for fun, but play games, if not on a daily basis, then at least three to five times a week. 
for fun playing a game because you need to write a review of that game does not make you a gamer, even if you enjoy playing the game, because you only play that game because you needed to write a review of that game for work purposes. So, Pat, that's, that's, that's capitalized. So, Pat, answer these questions if you want an answer if you if you answer yes to at least three out of the five, then you are still a gamer. Ready, Ian? This is a quiz. Number one, do you play games three to five times a week that in no shape or form is tied to your career? Uppercase. Number two, do, do you have a game slash games that you play at least a few times a year, even though you have beaten the game more than twice, not just once, more than twice, because just because it is so fun to play? Number three, have you beaten any game in the last month? Again, not for any kind of work purposes. Number four, are there games that you have played in the last month just to relax? Number five, are there games that you still consider yourself to be an expert at? Capital, expert at. By expert, I mean a game that you could pick up right now and beat the game without dying. Or if it is a racing game. Then you could take first place oh, glad, in every single race. I'm glad the racing game clause made it in there. <laughs> the racing game clause? <laughs> so does that mean racing is not a real game genre? So, Ian, by those stringent measures, could you at least hit three of those five? Two. Which two could you hit? Uh, whatever the first one was. and then At least three to five times a week. Okay. Uh, I mean, probably three to four times a week. Okay, so you're, you're gamer number well, one. Well, actually, lately, because of Mr. Driller, I have been playing every day. Uh, and then uh, Not I pl- for a career, though. No, it's not a career. Okay. Uh, and then uh, so you're not relaxing for vengeance. And then I do play okay. games to relax. Yes. Okay, so that's two. But you you couldn't hit a third. You're not a gamer. I didn't beat okay. a game within the past month. I am okay. not an expert at any game. Okay. What so, was the fifth one that I missed? Uh, are you an expert at that you can no. pick up and play right now? Or if it is a racing game that you can take oh, so first place? That's four that's, that's and an four point five. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. Yeah. So no. No. I okay. Can't. So number one, do you play games three times a week? Yeah. Actually, yes. Because I I. I, I count mobile. Mobile I, counts. So I it's play games game. every day in my mobile. Even if I'm on the toilet, that counts. If I'm playing Zynga Poker for 20 minutes in a tournament, that counts. Start playing Pokemon Go. Um, no, Poker, not Pokemon Go. Um, I'm saying you should. Do you have a game that you play at least a few times? How, how much oh, time, that one. I, how much time do you have to... Okay, a game that you've beaten at least twice that I'm going to play at least a few times a year to beat it again or play it. How much time do you have to do that? I don't know. That to me, that's kind of weird. And I have a feeling he's not like talking retro games. Like, but that's just. Re- I mean, I, I might beat Ducktales three times a year, but that's you know because I have. But you have to do it at least a few times a year, and you have to be in it more than twice. Okay, that's weird. That's like it has to be like an NES game because a game you can play like I feel in like twenty I need minutes. A fucking abacus to exactly. calculate whether I'm a gamer. Like or Russian not. attack, <laughs> Russian attack. I had a dream about a few nights ago. I can go back and beat that game in like twenty minutes. That's what I can go back to. Um are there any games that you played in the last month just to relax? Yes, I play poker to relax on my phone. I actually do, even though it's analytical. And number five, though, uh, are there games you consider yourself to be an expert at? Absolutely, I'm an expert at certain games, like Contra. So according to this definition, I am a gamer because I hit three out of five. I, I'm, I'm a gamer, internet, according to uh, T. Byram. So there, I've worked, I've worked against the system. So then I responded tongue-in-cheek. I see you pulled this definition straight from Merriam-Webster. Uh, they actually replied back. I actually pulled it straight from my ass with a wink. So, Well, that's why I couldn't tell. But there are some people that think like this, mm-hmm. that are gatekeeping. So many of them, in fact, that if this is a joke, I couldn't tell I you. couldn't tell if this was a joke. But I am a gamer according to this definition. So, ha, Ian. 
ha, I'm more a gamer than you are, according to that definition. Because I am an expert, so that makes me a, wow. a gamer by default. Wear that bad proudly. Wear that badge proudly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Uh, and real quick, I've been enjoying uh, on Amazon Prime, which everyone should have because of the cheap shipping, uh, but they throw in you know video stuff. The Boys, which is a Garth Ennis uh, graphic novel. Um, it's I've watched. There's eight episodes. I've watched four. Uh, stars stars Carl Urban, who's fantastic, and uh, everything. And uh, it's, it, I think it's been getting good reviews. I've, I've been spoiler free. I'll try to keep this mostly spoiler free. Uh, well, I've only seen four episodes. It's it's been fantastic. Yeah, Vani wants to watch. It, it is uh, the best superhero deconstruction that I've ever seen on film. What is that? I don't know. Superman theme? What the hell was that? It was the default... uh, The default... Student loan call? No. So... (laughs) Default alarm. So, The Boys is about a reality where superheroes exist, and um, they kind of exist. They don't explain where they they get their powers from. I think they're born with them, so they're kind of mutiny in that they don't explain it. They drink lots of milk. um, Yes, they drink lots of milk. So, there's definitely... um, De- when I say definitely, this is heavily influenced by uh, obviously Watchmen, which is the original sort of deconstruction. Um, but it's done in a modern way, the deconstruction. So in this universe, Ian, there's a super there's a superhero team called the Seven that are basically owned by a corporation. Mm-hmm. So they pump out the movies, they pump out uh, theme parks with them, toys, and everything else. But they're under a, basically a salary, and they're told what to do by the corporation. Okay. So they they only save you know do, do you know save people when they can get on camera for social show, social media points. They're always looking at you know what demographics are following you. Oh, you're doing well with you know white people in the Midwest, or oh, you're doing good with this with this ethnic group. And they're always telling them about like what you should do. And on its surface, it seems insane. But the more I thought about it, that could probably be the most accurate depiction of how if superheroes could somehow exist that's probably what it would turn into corporate interests someone would certainly try corporate interests to not only keep you under control and and pay you tons of money because you're not making millions of dollars yourself being being a a superhero so someone sponsoring you but then telling you you have to do this you have to do that no you can't get involved with this but it's done in such a well obviously it's funny and clever and they're and obviously they all have problems so when i say it's 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 heavily influenced by watchmen yeah because they all have fucked up problems to begin with uh but even the corporations called the vault corporation mm. uh vite adrian vite had his own corporation in watchmen he was sort of the corporate hero but he ran his own business he had his own uh, toy and he had his own like health things fitness line and things like that so it's obviously heavily influenced it's it's gory as hell in terms of the uh, the violence because you know it's like well if a superhero existed he can just punch a hole through your chest and that's basically what they do well and vani was yeah. telling vani I, I haven't read it but vani was telling me the comic book was pretty gory as well yeah it, it's very like it's gory like like a, a fucking brain popping out of a guy's head gory oh that happens spoiler oh, i want to watch that yeah um but it's really funny it's it's uh intelligently done um yeah check it out i i, I didn't have high expectations for it but the Spice Girls uh, playing on the trailer sort of sold me on it. And there is a cool little speech about the Spice Girls. Because the, the boys is a group of these four guys that come together to try to right the wrongs of the superheroes and expose them and p- potentially kill them. And so it's, it's just a good show. So, so check it out there. All right. Ian. Yes. You know we're the official Battle Royale podcast, correct? We are. So we've got to talk about... We have to. Fortnite's first, first big tournament. And we talked about the, uh, Epic Games rolling out tons of cash for this last year. We did. We talked about it early on, and boy, did they actually roll out that cash. 
Um, so basically, uh, Kyle Buga Kyle. Gearsdorf here, a uh, 16 year old, um, came in first and took home three million in grand prize three money. Million. We'll talk more about him in a minute, but let, I'm, I would like to mention he's not the only one who went home with cash. Real quick, that's the the biggest payout it's ever. It's the biggest payout ever for esports. Absolutely the biggest. Um, in second place, 24-year-old Harrison Salm Chang um, won $1.8 million. Wow. Epic Whale took third place. <laughs> I, like, I like that. It <laughs> says he has not publicly disclosed his name. Uh, took $1.2 million. Fourth place, uh, Nate Creo Co. took 18. Or, uh, he was 18. He took $1.05 million. And then it says lower... Uh, there's a there was a fifth place winner. They got like nine hundred grand. I was something. South America. Uh, yeah, yeah. thirteen year old Thiago Lap won nine hundred million. Thirteen. No one in the tournament, period, walked out of there with less than fifty thousand dollars. Everyone who participated. This is the. Uh, so obviously is, you had you, they, it wasn't off the street. You had to qualify. Um, so yeah, everyone who participated in the games on Sunday. So if you made it to Sunday, my bad. So if you made it to Sunday, if you're playing on Sunday, including those who placed last with no points at all, took home at least fifty thousand for playing. Wow! This makes it one of the biggest tournaments in esports so far. I'd love to know what was bigger, and there's going to be more this year. Yeah, so this is what happens when you have a game that's a mass success that Epic can just throw tons of money at because there's no way they would get the sponsorship money from regular sponsors there's just no way they can they no. justify it it's insane there's no tournament that that will give you 50 grand for coming in last right doesn't happen with poker <laughs> i was gonna say I can't, think, I can't think of literally anything that's gonna give the me world fifty thousand for coming the in world last. series of poker is ten thousand dollars to enter and only i think like 15 percent win any money so really 85 percent you lose your 10 grand when you get down to like 15 percent or so 20 percent then you start making uh, 10 20 grand you start making money at that point so that's usually how most tournaments work like the most people don't get much at yeah. all 50 grand for for I obviously got to qualify but 50 grand just for qualifying holy crap that's a good payout epic yeah how long will this last <laughs> so um there was an interesting quote from the um fellow who took home uh, second place uh, that was the uh, Harrison Chang, and he uh, said something about uh, I can't find the exact thing, but he he mentioned that uh, so basically he was the oldest or one of the, he was one of the oldest competing on Sunday. And it was like twenty five probably. Yeah, twenty six. He's twenty four. He's twenty four. <laughs> he was one of the oldest well, competing, and he said. It's great representing the old dudes. Experience and composure trump everything, but Fortnite is a young man's game. Everything's a young man's game, though, because by the time you're in your 20s, you got a job. You can't practice playing Fortnite 10 hours, 12 hours a day. When you're 13, you could do that, especially in the summer or when you're on vacation. Or if you're in college, you come back from class and play games. Once you get to a certain age, you have less, much less time to be a gamer, and especially professionally. This is why professional... This is why we're – it's not happening now. It's starting to happen. We're going to get into a weird spot years from now, I think, where when stuff like this happens more and more, you're going to have uh, – This is and this is all over major news. CNBC running this. Local affiliates running this story. It's a $3 million pool. Or so pro- now, not even a pool. $3 million I had, prize. I had our, 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 uh, our rep uh, for our podcast advertiser tell this to me on the phone. Did you hear about this $3 million Fortnite thing? So now that this happens, Ian, you're going to have a, a bad effect of parents. We talked this before about when it came up with the, 
you know, train your kid to be better at games and pay. I was going to bring it back up. Yeah. Now you have a real incentive saying, wow, Timmy, you can win $3 million playing Fortnite. Don't play this other game. Play this free game and just play that. Or uh, it'll encourage kids to think that they could do this as well when only 0.01% have a shot to win money. But you have millions of people playing it. But this is exactly what Epic wants because this is how the game stays relevant and how they can make, what is it, $100 million a year on microtransactions. You show a few people making millions, which for... Uh, Fortnite is nothing. That's a drop in the bank. I think it's supposed to generate something like five mil a day, if not. You know, it's got to be more than that. But um, so it's a drop in the bank. But yeah, you 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 put four or five people up there who have all made close to a million or much more, and oh, it can happen to me. I can do this, right? And that's I, that that gets people right back into. I can play. Pl- I people can play. who haven't been playing for a couple of months. I bet just out of curiosity's sake, are at least going to go back and play a few more games. I can play pro baseball and make millions of dollars. I can be a singer. The difference between that is those are skills you can carry with you, and you can take things from them, or you can still uh, persist. For a game like this, Fortnite, we don't know if this is going to be gone in two years. We have no idea. Three years, this could be done, or a different iteration of it, at least, that Epic will put out. They'll, they'll put out a sequel, Fortnite 2. Call of so, Duty is nowhere near as big as it was. Unreal is dead. I mean, these hey, things these things have problems. There's a shelf life. Yeah. The, the, the good thing is that now that there's been such a... Again, this is a game that's only been out for less than two years still. I think it was in beta two years ago uh, at this point. October will be two years, yeah. if I recall. So this is insane, but Epic has such a weird head start in terms of money that they can keep tossing money at this that they have in the vault in order to keep people playing it by giving these payouts to, to people. They're in a, a unique position to do this. But how long could it last? I have no idea. It, it, it's, um, it's strange to think about, but this could be a dominating eSport just because of, of the prize money alone. It could just obviously it's a fun game. People like it. it would have made the money if it wasn't fun, but it can now perpetuate maybe uh, self perpetuate based upon Epic just tossing millions of dollars into these tournaments, which they plan on doing. What do they commit? A hundred million they committed. Is that what we talked about last I year? I believe so. A hundred million dollars. So commitment. let's see here. Uh, they made two four two point four billion in twenty eighteen on Fortnite. And that's not counting the first seven months of this year. So that could be another half billion, another billion. Yeah. So I, I was trying to, I, there was a stat going around for a while saying how much it made a day. And that's what I was trying to figure so out. So a hundred million a month, that's, that's actually too low. However, yeah. When, um, when be 170 or so, when Fortnite launched on the iPhone, it reportedly was making 2 million a day just on, just on the phone. Just on the phone. And these, again, these are microtransactions. These aren't even necessary they they threw this tournament at like no loss to them no there's no there's no loss 100 million that's nothing to them they can throw half a half a billion at this uh over the next five years and yeah and it's and, and it's marketing it's great pub, the pub, the publicity that the fact that random ass people in the, in the middle of nowhere know about this game and know about this tournament that more than paid for uh, whatever prize money pool was total for this what was if it was ten million, whatever, that's nothing compared to the publicity they got from this. This is the smartest thing Epic could have possibly done. I'm just talking about long term. How is this bad for uh, gaming in general? Potentially, if if all players are funneled to play this game one game because they think they should, because they think they have a chance at this. Well, I, I, I think you know. at some point, 
um at some point you know it'll it'll get too packed and people will just realize that it's overcrowded it's probably get, overcrowded right now yeah it has to be and they'll try to find you know the next thing um but yeah, Epic is in that unique position. I can't think of any other game right now or on None. the horizon that could even come close to throwing this much cash at it. No. I mean, League of Legends and uh, Heroes of the Storm weren't throwing anything near that, and those were like the popular... Well, Heroes of the Storm is going to be done. Right? Well, it is done. Yeah, but League of Legends at least is still around. Right? Uh, what were StarCraft tournaments like in terms of payouts? I mean, I know those got pretty big. I don't know. But it's the I mean, this uh, is. But at least those were organic, though. Those weren't like money just thrown into it to perpetuate them. Sure. Um, well, I don't know how they did in South Korea. I'm sure that's where, that's where they probably did the, the most. I, I I doubt that it was fifty grand just to show just to qualify. Hell, I'll get into it. Uh, you want me to be a gamer? You know, I'll, if you want fifty grand to qualify, I'll play some Fortnite. I'll, some of my Unreal skills will transfer over to Fortnite, right? Some of them. Well, twitchy skills. They're all twitchy shooter skills, I guess. Sure. I never liked third-person shooters, though. Is there a first-person mode of Fortnite? Can I do a first-person? No? No. They want to see you build stuff? It's third. That's actually brilliant, too, though, for the for the, all the streamers in playback, because you see the person moving around and getting killed. It's actually brilliant. Everything about Fortnite, how they designed it, is brilliant. Well, also... It's goofy, was... it's goofy nerf violence. You know, it... If there was a first-person uh, mode, you wouldn't be able to stare at your sweet costume that you paid money for all the time. See, they thought about it. Epic thought about it. They can't think about a new Unreal game, but they thought about everything else. Yeah. How about this, Epic? You throw 1% of this prize money into finishing the alpha version of, of the Unreal tournament you have that's been done for like two years. How about that? All right. Ian, speaking of professional gaming... Uh, well, <laughs> well, money being made yeah. through gaming. So, Team Fortress 2, um, that stalwart game from Valve, uh, it was a team-based shooter, uh, and a class-based team-based shooter. It was sure. one of the first, it was certainly one of the most popular. It's been out for like, what, nine, ten years? It's been out for, a, I would say, slightly over ten years. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been, it's been a bit, I want to say at least 2007, maybe. Anyways. It's been around forever. A lot of people cut their teeth on it. And then people started to move on to other things as games came out, like uh, Overwatch is one, um, CSGO. You know, these are games that kind of pulled from Team Fortress 2 after it had a long day in the sun. Um, but it's still popular enough. And uh, in 2009, they added cosmetics. Um, most people, I think, at this point probably have seen at least one meme or something about it. But um, you could get hats for your characters. Just to put on a hat. Just to put on hats. And they, <laughs> there's all sorts of weird ones, and you could get free ones for certain events. And Flower you can, pothead and And you can derby. Earn, you can earn crates and open them, and they'll give you hats. And there's a rarity system to the hats. Um, and the highest level is unusual. Well, there was a glitch discovered. Was that yesterday morning? Uh, it'd be the Friday. It was, okay, so it was a few days, days ago. ago. So this is probably taken care of. But um, so something happened. There was a glitch where um, the crates just started uh, crates started spawning unusual quality items. Remember, that's the highest level, rarest of the rare, uncommon item. Apparently at an incredibly quick pace. Uh, that's what it's saying here in this Kotaku article. So um, all of a sudden, Team Fortress 2 items have flooded the community marketplace where people buy and sell these things, like skins or whatever, yeah. essentially. So you can buy and sell these hats. So and it's, it's crazy because prices of crates right now are 
jumping up. So, like, if you have crates to sell, um, you can sell those. For, you can sell unopened you, crates. You can sell. Uh, yeah, it looks like you can sell the unopened crates for higher. It's, it's like it's like selling a baseball card pack. Yeah. So you can sell the unopened crates for higher, but it's brought the unusual item listing, like item prices, down. So if people are selling the individual stuff they opened, being that the stuff is no longer as rare as it used to be because people are unopening them at such a weird rate, that price has gone shooting down, but the, but the packs themselves, the loot boxes themselves, have gone up. Yeah, from people who want to open them. So the example they use here is that... Um, so... Marketplace pricing history, crates have been selling for pennies. But now they're getting, uh, now, depending on their possible contents, they're up to as much as 13 per crate. Uh, some players are reporting making hundreds or even thousands of dollars in just a couple of days from crates that have been sitting around. Um, and then here's the example for items. An example of an item, the unusual Dragonborn helmet, which is based on Skyrim. It's a Skyrim helmet. Uh, in the past... Three had sold total. Three, three, three out of this big game. Three, there was three of them. Three on sold. the marketplace. Okay. And it, well, in the past week, a grand total of three. Sorry. Okay. In one day alone, this would have been Friday. One hundred and twenty-two sold, with the price dropping from between twenty-five and forty-four to between six and seven. Can I just before all this? <laughs> can I just say how how I'm obviously Steam makes money off all this loot box stuff with these marketplaces yeah. and skins and that's why they were getting, getting sued remember for the for the for, for the Counter-Strike uh, CSGO Ghost skin stuff, things yes. because they're allowing this with their API uh, to, to enable this how stupid it is to have a marketplace for digital items but they it's, people are paying for it I mean people are making money at but, some but, point I have to sit back and just marvel at realize, the capitalism no I, well the capitalism I mean, but I, also it's not our world I don't understand uh, it I don't need to understand it I, I'm sure to them it makes them happy well, to spend the money on what you want. But yes, the idea of buying a digital hat on a marketplace. Like, if I really like a game that I'm playing on a console, um, I will, like, as a tip, I will sometimes consider buying, like, say a fighting game, a color pack or a $5 costume pack. Throw the money into, like, the small developers. Plus, I like it, so I'll use it. But I, but this, this is, gets out of control. But this is now encouraging people to play this with, with to try to get this to make their own money on it. That's right. the difference. This is creating an ecosystem that's weird, and I'm glad these, some of these prices crashed because now it's just funny to me that 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 happened. Uh, but now, what are they? Are they random? Are they, are they just random item drops in Team Fortress or random boxes? I, I that can't drop? tell you exactly. I think they're. I think there's. Are they just random item drop system? Is a process. I'm just... Okay, it's a random item that gets dropped to you. Okay. So, so you have in people, a box. Get, people getting yeah. random boxes. They decide to open them or not, I guess, and they can sell them or just sell sell the contents. But this is this is almost like the counter side counter, counter strike, the counterpoint of Epic, where Epic it's like play this game to get better to make money. Now it's uh, with Team Fortress, play this game to randomly get an item that you could sell. It's another way to get people to play it with having a marketplace that exists. So. I'm not sure yet if they've fixed it, but what they definitely did do was they, had to have they uh, disabled inventories, so players can't buy and sell. Um, they don't know if they're gonna, you know, wipe out those hats or what they're gonna do. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm even checking right now. I don't see any news update that says it's fixed and it's reinstated. But they definitely shut that down in the way they could this, to kind of try to nip it is, in the bud. But I guess it took them a while to get. This to is it. so dirty. Valve said on Twitter we should have an update in the next few hours. 
So Valve creates a marketplace. They make money. On, oh God, the whole thing's fucking dirty. Once you get to this point, it's dirty to me. This is beyond just buying stuff for your personal enjoyment. When you, once you get into a marketplace for digital items, and you have a company that runs, you know, that that's runs the storefront. Cards. I mean, that's that's really what it is. You open it, and you, I mean, you're opening a package, and you see what mm. you get, and then you try to sell the ones that are worth something. Mm. Okay, great. That's fun. FlexPro Meals is a meal delivery company that sends healthy pre-made meals to your doorstep. Their goal isn't give you salad, but epic recipes, epic. entrees you may have grown up on that they make healthier versions of. Eating healthy is a lifestyle change, not a two-week gimmick. Oh. So it's their responsibility to go the extra mile, giving us the most value with realistic and tasty meal options at a good price. FlexPro Meals offers a weight loss fat trimmer plan and their bulkier lean muscle larger portion plan. Yeah. Some of their most popular meal entrees are smoked brisket max, one of my favorites, the breakfast burrito. I had it last night, and I'm getting hungry. The grilled fish and chips, which is relatively new. It's good. It's good. It's, uh, That's a it's, good, solid one. It's rocketed up it's my a, list. It's going up your top 10 yeah, Flex Pro yeah. Meal list. Uh, and there's more. And what I like about Flex Pro Meals is that they, they change their recipes every few months, and they swap out things. So now they have, like a, I think I told you about, they have a turkey burger now with like bacon they didn't right. have before. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're constantly changing it up and, and doing it. Or if you just want the standard, like, grilled chicken and sweet potatoes, that's just, that meal, it's, it's a staple, gets you through the day. It's it's healthy it, with veggies. They, they got that for you, too. So they've got an offer for you. Uh, I do. 20% off your first order. Go ahead and use code CUPODCAST when you visit FlexProMeals. 20% off with CUPODCAST. At FlexProMeals.com. We're all modern gaming news right now, Ian, because, uh, uh, I didn't expect to see the, the original dooms in the news ever again, but here uh, we have them. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Bethesda, who currently owns the, you know, the the the, the Doom games, the Doom IP, uh, or is le- at least publishing them um, for it. Uh, they uh, released uh, the first three. Uh, the first three Doom games are all going to be released, um, and. Uh, people started to download them uh, on the Switch, and I think it's it was on the other systems too. Uh, and you were <laughs> greeted with a login prompt where you had to put huh? in an email. <laughs> yes, you had to put in an email address, which upset many people because why are you throwing that onto a game that you know had? I mean, it had no internet restrictions or requirements back sure. back when it came out. So if you had an account, you were supposed to put your email in. If you didn't, they made you create an account before you could play. Um, with Doom 1 and 2, you only needed to log in, I believe, once with the account and you were fine. But for Doom 3, um, I believe it, they were saying you have to log in each time. It's just weird. So Bethesda did eventually take this away after Backlash. You can now sign in if you want to. It's optional. And you will get uh, re- and it, by doing so, you will earn rewards for the upcoming Doom Eternal. But you look at this, and you have to wonder how they thought that would go over well. Um, my argument here is, why in the fuck would I want to pay to be on your mailing list? Which is, to me, what it boils down to. Why am I buying a game, and then you're making me give you an email address so you can send me shit that I don't mm, want? Sure. I'm not doing that. That's fucked up. What are, what are, what are the 
perks of signing up for this? What? I don't think they've necessarily come all the way through with it yet, but I, I, I read it was somewhere that it was, um, you know, basically it could be gotta, used towards Doom Eternal. I got a sticker and a newsletter mailed out at least? Yeah. I got a Wally Bear sticker and a newsletter? So I'm just double checking. So yeah, lots of memes. Uh, Bethesda update. Bethesda uh, says update. the login was meant to be optional and that it will be adjusted. Um, the Bethesda login requirement was included for the Slayers Club to reward members for playing the classic Doom games. I believe the Slayers Club, Club is related to the modern Doom games. Slayers Doom Club. Games. What do you get in the Slayers Club? I'll look that up here. The Slayers Club is... The, is there's a, Okay. Uh, love Doom? Join the club. <laughs> Create a free Slayers Club account and join the first official Doom fan club. The club will provide unique benefits, exclusive opportunities and bring the best of doom to fans in the world what do i get you can earn points by visiting the forum oh, i love points what do i get read points read and comment on a news article share doom content in-game community events submit your fan art for points ian and watching the latest doom videos i guess through the, the slayers and there's already fan art gallery there's trending topics in the forum join the there's a community challenge how many how many uh how many chainsaw kills can the community get? And they've gotten four point four million. Ian, that's on here. Uh, okay, top contributors. What? So what do I get? I'm a, you want me as part of the community? You want me to play your game? There's a Discord. Do I get any rewards? What are the rewards? How it works? Points. Points for what? Can I get like a costume? Got a, a, a Team Fortress hat? Points, man. You get okay, there's get the high score. There's ranks, number of points. You can get badges. It looks like for the game. Uh, you can get like the Hellwalker little f- stamp. So I feel like it's probably like more of a competitive hub where you yep. can get the stats and compare yourself to other players. And Digital that's, rewards. That's all well and good Higher if ranks. that's what you want, but don't make me sign up for it because I know it's not just for that. I'm going to get other shit too. Dig- it's digital content. You can win physical prizes and merch. Okay. So there's giveaways they do. That's cool. Like I said, I'm all for that. If a if a if they got, a, they got a Doom 25 Switch, looks pretty cool. There's a cover on it. If a if a publisher or a, a you know a developer wants to do this sort of stuff, I'm all for it. People are going to take advantage of it, and it's going to be fine. But don't force me into your fan clubs. Okay. Just I don't war- even I don't even open my fucking mail that I get at home. Anymore. Just to warn you guys, when the NES app gets redone, there will be a login, but it'll be optional, and it's not. We don't get your information. It's for a cloud service, so you can save your data. But it won't it won't be required. You should find a way for them to be able to earn points. <laughs> yes, yes, Ian. If, if, but again, it's not. I, I'm going to get shit when I, I. This app is a living nightmare. Not to make it about the app again, but there will be a login screen when you turn it on. Just give people the points. They'll be fine. People, people love points. points. Uh, Collecting uh, points, uh, points you can like earn or earn an NES card, or you can earn a, a you know a lock of my hair. How many? <laughs> the points? more you lock into the NES guide app. All right, well that's silly. Uh, I hope that was just a, a, a an error, not something that it'd be, the PR people would be stupid to think that you know be to force someone to error. do that. Error, error. I am error. Did you hear about that weird? error that happened with the I think it was the police in Texas or something uh, they announced that they were going to be pulling people over for good driving and giving them coupons to Circle K for a free drink. Was that a couple years ago? A while ago I heard about that. Uh, I, well it came up again the other day and it was they quickly it backpedaled. They that were could like, be the, oh no no no. That could be the worst possible fucking idea on the planet. It's illegal for one. To pull someone over to tell them hey here's a coupon people, people like 
ah, you know, ah. and then like immediately after, it's like, no, no, they won't be pulling people over. They'll just be looking for ways to engage pedestrians on the street and talk about okay. safe driving. Well, it's like, no, you know what? Just fucking leave me I alone. Don't need, I don't need your free whatever Circle K Slurpee they have that badly. What They're is the like, Circle oh, K Slurpee? That was an error on our part. We said the wrong thing. It's like, no, just like Bethesda. You know what is? You said something and you just can't own your fucking mistake. Okay. Just be like, my bad. That was a horrible idea. If you've never worked in corporate, some of you have. The way these ideas come about is you get people that have to justify a job that get into a, a, a meeting with lots of people. They get in such a fervor to push an idea. This is my idea. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to love me. I, this is why I get paid a salary. People don't stop and think about how is this going to be interpreted by the masses? Not how could the best version of this idea be interpreted in my head, the cleanest version, but how in reality, in function, how will this idea work? And how it will be interpreted by people that aren't a part of the company. And people don't think about this. People don't think outside their own asshole about how things uh, work in the real world. That's how these ideas get get put out without people thinking about them. Mm -hmm. But it's insane that it keeps happening. All the money gets put behind marketing campaigns. You hear about commercials every other week that, oh, this is great. Uh, What was the one? Oh, yeah, it was like the 23andMe commercial that was like a slave romance. This like commercial was done with all probably a million dollars put in this commercial, and it was like, oh, let's figure out how I, you know my DNA, and it was like it was literally like the romantic, oh, um, I'm in love with a slave, and I'm taking the slave, you know, out, and it's like that that probably happened. This is not the look you want in a commercial in 2019, where like this is to push your DNA. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so these ideas happen, and lots of money and time get put in these ideas that end up being horribly. Received by a mass audience. You didn't hear about this one? It happened like four months ago. The I did. Minutes. I just didn't look into it. But I'm just. It I'm was sorry. Like, I was zoning out because hearing any more of it was just going to make my head explode. It's something you would have saw probably on Chappelle's show or on, yes. uh, or, or uh, you know Key and Peel, and it was like a real commercial. Anyway, Ian, that was a, a fun topic. But that's how bad ideas come to light. All right. So we got a we got a Patreon poll topic. Ian, how do you access the Patreon poll, which you're going to do a writing for hopefully today? <laughs> Almost fucked that up. Oh wow! Patreon.com slash cu podcast. So you've regressed. Go you, go go! You 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 were you were on point, and then you've regressed now the past few weeks. All right, so we have a poll topic in third place, sixteen percent. We they have, these are like two two good topics now that are getting kicked out every week by a good one. Sixteen percent. That's Ross Perot in, in ninety two. When will GameStop stop accepting PS three three sixty Wii and Wii U game systems for trade? Uh, in second place at 20%, what would your ideal game collection consist of? A price was no object. And in number one, what are the most common collector's edition goodies put in the free bin at your game store? Ian? Didn't we say yesterday that this was the one that absolutely was not going to win? <laughs> well, we don't know what the poll topic's going to be. We don't control who, how the voting goes. No. We're not um, influencing the voting. The most common stuff. Most common stuff. Let's just so talk high. about what ends up in the free bin, but I'll get to some of the most. So we'll don't start. don't take the free bin, by the way. Yeah, the bin itself is <laughs> not free. free. It's a bin that's holding free stuff. <laughs> uh, so uh, obviously, Guitar Hero controllers. Um, Atari Hero, you say? Guitar. Guitar Hero that's controllers. said Atari. Not really collector's edition stuff, but definitely what we see. Um, we see a lot of that in there. Um, but it's the. It's the stuff that everyone thinks they want when they buy collectors. I've seen more like little statues 
And the Joker statue from Arkham Asylum. Um, so, like, the uh, Batman Batarang has been in the... An Freeman. actual Batarang? Yeah, the Batman Batarang's been in there. Um, Call of Duty big boxes with, like, the uh, like the big books and stuff like that. Those will often go in the free bin if there's, like... A lot of times people will bring them in and be like, can I get anything for this? I'm like, no. So the game will go on the shelf. All the goodies will go in the free bin. Uh, we've had three of those uh, remote control cars from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I, I took think one, it was. I, mean. I took one. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. excited. I was like, it's in the garage now, but I took one. <laughs> one of the rubber treads has to be replaced, but I took one. So Pat's Pat's well aware of the, I, I, free, of the, of the Pat's, free bin. Pat's partaken of the free I've bin. I've partaken of the free bin like once or twice. That was the, the my, I think I, I think I, I think I took a little DS case 10 years ago or whatever. But. Um, the Aliens Colonial Marines uh collector's edition with the uh, alien statue has shown up five or six times. It's a nice statue, at least. Uh, I thought it was, so I took it home once, you know, because we just kept fucking seeing them. And great. then I sold it at uh, Phoenix last year for $5, because it's just like... Oh, I remember it was, it was big, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a pretty you nice one. a huge statue to sell for 5 bucks. Um, I had the space. Sold uh, the store for 5 bucks. No? <laughs> Um, we've had like the Bethesda uh, collector's edition stuff. We've had the Fallout New Vegas cards come in a few times. Um, I always thought those cards were cool looking, but they annoy me because they have different backs. There's like, I think, four different types of backs it could be. It's meant to look like a deck of cards that was arranged from, you know, multiple partial decks. Uh huh. But that still gives you some idea, if you've used that deck of cards long enough, about what cards someone may be holding. So that gotcha. drives me insane. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's a lot of it is like, you, we do have every once in a while, we'll throw demo discs in there. Um, most loose games that are actually games. We've had some really good ones, including like persona four, we'll throw in a dollar bin, um, uh, DVDs end up, uh, movies, DVDs, and PC games, lots of PC games. Um, matter of fact, I just threw a decent stack of PC games in there two days ago. Not, not, you can still use them. Or they, or they have the codes. Are they like 90s or 2000s? Once you get the 2000s, a lot of those you can't use anymore. Um, more recent ones like Far Cry 4 and shit like that. So I don't know. Well, those are tied usually to like accounts or to, to codes. Yeah. Serials. Well, but whatever. If you want a disc, take the disc. Take the disc and, I don't know, find your cereal. Um, like your Captain Crunch. Uh, and yeah, DVDs. DVDs will come in um, and get thrown in there. I made a post a couple weeks ago about a copy of Johnny English. Uh, that stayed in the bin for, I think it ended up being three weeks. Other things came and went in the bin, and everyone took them. But no one took Johnny English on DVD. So. Is that that bad a movie? That's the, that's the Mr. Rowan, Bean, Rowan Atkinson as like yeah. James Bond, Bond sort of thing? I have no idea if it's bad. I just have no interest in reading it. All right, that's... It. You don't put like little free free boxes or manuals in there? We do. Like, like, like if that, like... Um, sometimes collector's edition stuff will come in. Oh, like the box will come in. There won't be a game and those will immediately go in. So like call of duty ghosts boxes. I need a favor to ask you. Yeah. (laughs) What do you got? Yeah. What? If you have a couple of super Mario brothers, original manuals laying around, you do somewhere. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Just pick them up for me. I'll give you a buck or two for them. Okay. Cause I, when I opened up my boxes, there wasn't a couple in, in the couple of boxes. Really? 
Yeah, I was surprised. Okay. Because I went through the three. That's all, Ian. That's my request. Just your, your yeah, I was like, I was going to ask you something like bad. I never know with you. Well, you're going to ask you to like kick the shit out of someone for me? Yeah, I don't know. Like a certain you dev? To, you want me to go lay some muscle down? <laughs> Put the boots to someone? Put the boots to someone. <laughs> Play the spine like an accordion. That, I don't think you ever gave me that yet. With, yeah. That was like scared Ian. Yeah, I like it. I feel the power of that. Yeah. Gross. All right. So... <laughs> Onwards. <laughs> All right. We got a Q&A time on the CU podcast. Uh, this is from at Warren Larson 97. All right. Let's a discussion, do it, Warren. A discussion about NES values. Values. Ten years from now would be interesting. Mm. To look at common games like the Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers, and then maybe some rare examples and get your thoughts on where prices will be. Well, we, we talked about this before, but... Ian, Ian. I feel like I gotta leave this one. I, I I can't fucking speculate ten years in advance. Every three weeks, speculation becomes different. We got fucking dudes with more money to spend than they can't. Like that. Like they yeah, just, they're buying sealed games and high end. Right. I, but or, whatever. I don't know. They're not buying carts. I don't know. Ten years from now, I'm gonna go record. Um, I'd say, and I've said this before, seventy-five to eighty percent of the library will be uh closer to Atari Twenty Six Hundred level. Sure, I can closer. agree with that. It's going to trend down. I don't think it's ever um, going to get to twenty six hundred level uh, for a few couple for a few for, for, reasons. But it's, there's already dollar NES games. Just how many they're going to be? Sure, I don't think there's going to be that many. There'll be a couple hundred. I, I'll say there'll be a couple hundred. There'll be other games that trend downwards, but there'll be a couple hundred NES games in ten years that'll be a dollar. What I'm getting at is, or you more, never, you, at least, I, I don't think you're going to see all of them just haphazardly thrown no. on the shelf. Two dollars? No. Oh no no no! You will for I think a chunk of them. You're going to no, see. What I'm, saying is, I'm saying for like the entire library. No no no! There, the entire Atari are... library isn't in the dollar bin, but a chunk no, of it is. The majority. Uh, the, the the common popular ones are. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get like that with like Super Mario Brothers three, but will it be fifteen dollars? 10 years from now? Probably not. I can't see it keeping that value. There's too many of them out there. Prices, I think, are going to regress to where they were before this started heating up 10 years ago. They're going to get back down to 2006, maybe pre-2006 levels. When Pat was in college, you know, you had a lot of the uncommon games were still 2 $3. You know, like, um, what the hell is that one? That Conquest of the Crystal Palace. That was like a $3, $4 game, and that's an uncommon game. Yeah, I you got know, fifteen I got, years ago. I'm talking about. At this I point. got mine for two ninety nine at at Funko. The only time I ever went to Funko. Yeah, I think that's where we're, we'll just say two thousand four prices. It won't be like ninety seven eight prices where they you couldn't give the games away. But we'll just say like before the pre pre Wii prices. I think we're going to get to a lot of them. Now the question is for the rare stuff that people are holding on to. The people that decided they're, they're going to, you know, this happened, you know, three, four, five years ago when people said, I want every NES game. I'm going to spend whatever amount of money I, I will within a year and a half to get it. We know someone that did that and sold all their stuff that we just saw at Comic-Con, for example. Those people that spend $800, $1,000 for Los Samson, will they let those games go for under what they paid for? Or will they hold on to them until they're dead? That's the question. Because if they hold on to them until they're dead... Then those prices will stay at that level, but if they start to get rid of them just to get rid of them, those prices will crash. I'm not saying they're going to be $100, but they'll crash to half the value, maybe two-thirds of the value. So that the $1,000 little Samson might be a $500 little Samson in like five, six years when people realize, I got I to get something back for this. Well, and that's, you know, you look around at conventions and you can see in some of these sellers' eyes they're determined. No, this is what it's worth. This is what I'm asking for. It, and this is also why you've seen it at my booth every year for the past four years. Yeah. And no one wants it. Um, 
at some point you have to give. There is a mentality in collecting that I really, really hate. Um, you hate me? Really it's hate me. very, I would say it's almost more prevalent in something like pinball. Um, you see it in cars, but it's also in retro games. People, Protect the oh, I just, no, I just want to get what I put into it back. Yeah. No, you don't. That's not how it works. You don't get to get what you put back. I mean, you can try, but like I said, in pinball, it happens a lot where it's like, Oh, you know, I bought this system. Uh, you know, I bought this. Uh, you know, this firepower for uh, four hundred. But to get it working again, I needed to put another four hundred in it. So now it's uh, you know. So I or say they need to put more than that in. Say they needed to put a you know enough in it, it brings it up to a thousand. But at least at the time, a firepower was maybe an eight hundred dollar machine. Sure. I'm not paying you a thousand dollars when I can wait two weeks and find a perfectly working or a, you know a good enough firepower for the price it's supposed to get. I'm sorry you put more into your machine than you should have, but I'm not paying you for that. No, and people do, and it's like, I don't. I don't get to like say say you're selling a house, yeah. and the roof is going to collapse. You don't. I don't get to charge the roof repair when that's required to sell the house. Right. You know, the, I pay for that, not the person Anyways, buying it. Again, we're kind of sliding off. But my whole point is, a lot the of roof? these people, yes, sliding off the roof. A lot of people bought these expensive NES games, and they paid a lot for them. And it, it, they're they're fighting tooth and nail this decline in. They bought value. at the peak. Yeah, they all bought at the peak, which is a horrible idea because they all got it in the same time. You want to say 2012, 13 was when it really picked up. Sure. 2012, 13, around there, maybe 14 for I, sure. I would say 2010 but, was when we started noticing a lot of it at the store, but I think I'm maybe... talking about people... I'm talking about when, like, the Little Samson and that stuff started spiking. Sure. That was, like, 12, 13-ish, when that went from, like, a $600 game, $500, like, it just shot up. Because yeah. everyone was buying them. And then people were then... Sellers were, were then getting them to... You know, the the, sh- the shell game started. The pyramid scheme started at that point. Well, and, and when you go to a convention, this is going to be big. Because this has happened... You talked about, like, seeing Earthbound's not selling at, at, like, at Portland. I saw... One, one one to me was seeing, I think, like, The Adventures of Batman and Robin. It's, like, a hard-to-find Super Nintendo game. It's a good game. No one bought it the whole time. I ended up uh, getting it with a trade at the end of the weekend. I think it was last year or two years ago. This... I want to see how many people are selling Little Samsons and Dinosaur Peaks at this Portland. Because the conventions I go to recently, people aren't like clamoring with a thousand dollars in cash to buy Little Samsons anymore. No, I, I think mean, we're done. I think we're done with that. Remember the dude that we that used to? I, I don't. I, I don't always go to too many games, but uh, nice kid, long blonde hair, uh, younger. But he was like buying the Little Samsons and bringing them and showing them to us. He had an accent. He sounded like he. You would last year. No, I mean, he, he's, we've seen him, you would know him in an instant if okay. you saw him. Um, but he was buying, like, the one year he bought a little Samson there box, and he showed it to us, and he always asks me to, like, can you look at it and see if it's, it's legit real. and stuff okay. like that. I don't think we're getting people like that anymore who are running to these conventions to drop their money. I, no one, I don't, I don't know if anyone's going to a convention looking for a little Samson anymore. Whereas that was probably a thing that was done like four or five years ago. A lot people would go and they're well, like, okay, it was, I want to find well, a little Samson. I want to find a Flintstone. Those games became weird status symbols. You're not a real yeah. NES collector. Gatekeeping again, we love it. Mm-hmm. Where you're not a real collector until that was facetious, by the way. You're not a real collector unless you have a little Samson. Unless you have a Dinosaur Peak. Right. I don't know why it's always those two games, but it is. What does little Samson go for right now? And if they're actually moving. I mean, how many people are, are still cl- trying to complete their NES collections uh, that would have this? Let's see. But the whole point is this, is that um, those games is a different issue because those games have, like, value. Those are, they have equity put into them. There's equity people think they are holding with those games. Yes. The games that have no equity, the, the 70 to 80% of games 
and the weird, uncommon, uh, and rare games like the Color Dreams games, those games I don't think are going to hold any sort of weight 10 no. years from now. It's a stupid example, but it's one I use simply because it was the most recent, but Supercars. Supercars is that one up. stupidly yeah. uncommon. And when I get it in, it doesn't move at like 15. No one cares. Like, we try to get some of the money, you know, for it, but you, like 15, 20, you can't move that game anymore. There, uh, there are right now on eBay 10, little, 10 authentic little Samsons for sale, North American. Um, buy it now is our best offer. There's two, two are complete for $3,500. Uh, then there's, there's $1,500 one, $1,200 cart. Uh, there's one being bid on right now, two bids with a day left, uh, two days left at uh, $670, free advertising to them. We'll see where that ends up uh, there. That's going to be the interesting one. There's only two bids on it. Yeah. Well, I, it, to me, it seems like, especially with expensive stuff, I've realized a lot of the bidding doesn't happen until the last day. Sure, but I just think that's interesting. I'm sure there's are people that wanted to complete their collection, but I just think there's less and less of them now. Because those buy it nows, I think, would have been hit. Like so, how many how many have actually sold Pat? That's the question uh, here. But yeah, but when we're talking about like full shelves of those games, I don't think I don't think um, most of the sports games will be above a dollar or two. There's no way because yeah. there's dollar they're dollar games now. A lot of the bases loaded ones you can't move them. No one wants them. Um, I think a lot of the average platformers, uh, action platformers, a Ninja Gaiden. There's way too many of them. Um, people have them. Well, ten years from now, I don't think that can be more than a three or four dollar game. I just don't. I, I can't see it. I don't see it. You would have you would have got it within the next. You would have had it by now. You would have had it to play it on the original console. There's gonna be less and less original console players over the next ten years. It's just gonna decline. People are are, are more and or or just flashcards are, are coming more and more. I still have NES shoppers, but um, I don't think I have NES collectors so much anymore if that makes people sense. aren't going for every single time i do have sure. people who come in and look and they they do you know and they're still into it but a lot of the people who come in now to buy nintendo stuff um it, it's back to i don't know what i used to call day trippers you know or the, the weekend sure. warriors they they buy it they buy a handful of the popular games and they go home and they have fun with friends for a weekend i'm back to selling most of my nintendo stuff Literally, to people who are like, my brother's coming into town. I'm going out of town. My girlfriend and I want to play Mario. Like, that's just... But you're not... Let's just show off the uh, the special edition third print run. It's going to be in stock soon. Uh, you can order at ultimatenes.com. Limited to, limited to 500. Well, that was weird. Uh, something like... I'll just put this out here. Something like... Uh, well, I, well, I turned to the adventures of Tom Sawyer. And Rocky Bullwinkle. Those will be $2 games. They're, they're, they're getting close to them right now. They're not... <laughs> Fuck yeah, three stars on Tom Sawyer. That's right. That's that's where you're trying to ruin your nostalgia just a bit. You want to give it four there. But a game like um, Goal 2, that's now like a $25 game, that's going to plummet. That's a game you only want if you want the entire set. There's no one clamoring to play Goal 2 right away. You know. Or Ghost Lion. Like, these are games that... Again, these are going to be in the, in the let's say two dollar NES bin. Five years from now, I won't even say ten years from now. I'll say five. All right, time to move our uh, old person armchairing on to the next question. Sure. All right, uh, this is from at that ass is my boss. Wow, what up, ass? Good to see you again. All right, don't lose that title. You're coming in swinging again. He hasn't, the goat, the goat hasn't had one in a while. It's like Braid not winning a Super Bowl for five years. This is a good one though. His arms looking good today. It's not fall, dropping off the cliff like Max Colburn said three three years ago. No, 
great, great. Give great Max. Give Brady more motivation. He's already a nut. Uh, anyway, we hear the constant complaint about too many movie sequels and remakes. Yet it seems there are far less complaints about video game sequels and remakes. Not only is the umpteenth Zelda sequel on its way, but it is also expected and welcomed. Why do you think that is? Um, so I think the big difference between movies and uh, you know TV shows sequels getting remakes and video games is this: movies, you can if you have access to streaming, let's say Netflix, or let's just say you had an infinite amount of streaming, you can watch. The old version of the movie and the new version of the movie using the exact same equipment. It's av- it's it's just if it's been re-released, it's just as available as the re-release of the movie. You can watch it with video games. A lot of these re-releases are taking um, classic like games that were really good from a prior generation or a couple generations before remaking them or just upscaling them and putting them on new systems um from a light preservation angle this is a good thing because unlike movies i can't play all games from old systems on a current system so it's really i i think it, it reinvigorates people to go back and play these classics uh, people who might have wanted to play a game but never got a chance to. Um, you know, some people aren't going to go and grab a Game Boy Color and Zelda Link's Awakening and play it. Now they have that chance so to play it ease again. Of, ease of accessibility is one, one of your... Ease of accessibility. Sure. Uh, and that's the big thing. You, you, and technology improving. Technology improving. So I think a lot of people get upset about video game remakes because, yes, it's double dipping. You, um, mean, you mean movie remakes? No, game oh, remakes. Oh, people do. Okay. Um... I think sometimes when people complain about games, because I, I, I've also seen people complain about this. Um, his his viewpoint on it isn't quite mine in terms of what I've heard and seen. Uh, people look at it as double dipping and stuff like that sometimes. Uh, if, they, if the um, game doesn't look you know much better, if there's still control issues or something, they get upset with it. But buy it if you want to. Don't if you don't want to. I don't think this sort of stuff, like a full remake like Link's Awakening, not uh, that's that's some effort that's some time but like when they re-released the upscaled hd versions of shadow of colossus and ico for the ps3 uh you know that probably didn't take a lot of team resources so you're not losing games that could be made by people doing this and you're preserving that game and keeping it you're you're kicking it along so people can keep playing it without having to go backwards um with movies well you got the remake and hopefully it's good but you could also just go rent, download, buy the original movie. Okay. So you, you have a different take, a, a different spin than, than I do. Um, these are entirely different mediums, entertainment mediums. One well, is one is interactive, one is not. Sure. So for movies, so for movies, uh, when I watch the original, um, the best example for why remakes are bad is is, is Psycho. Yeah. That's like the, the worst example and best example. Because they did the Psycho remake in the what the nineties, the they did the remake. It was like a, sh- and it was like a shot for shot remake of it. There is no reason for that experience to have to exist if you have the original. You're not getting that That's much more. That's what I'm more- trying to say, because it's not hard to get at either. You have the original. It's not hard to get at. No, no, but this is different though. 
games are interactive. Yes. Ga- gaming, when you play a game, is different than when I play a game. It's always different. So therefore, even when a, when a remake is, is done, they, they can change that, that to different interactive experience. When you're watching a movie that's remade, you, the amount of different enjoyment you could possibly get out of it, it, it is different. Because, because when you game, your experiences is so much different than watching the movie. The movies are watching the same exact story ends the same amount of time. We see the same explosions. We see the, we hear the same music. We see the same actor's performance. It's all the same. It, there's just less versatility. There's a lot more versatility in games. So I think that's that's why it's it's more forgiven uh, as well. Sure. And when and, w- and when you update a movie and remake it, you're doing a lot less revising on it. I mean, your the script is mostly the same. the The pacing and tone is mostly the same on it. So would you say that remakes are particularly good for games that have not aged well? Anyway, Ian. Um, but when you watch, uh, say they remade, say they remade uh, Infinity War twenty years from now, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, there'll be different actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the effects somehow will be better. Even though I think talking to my CG guy, we're getting to peak CG. We are somewhat close to. We're close to photorealism right now. We're, we're basically there. Um, the experience won't be that much different than what I could have got out of it 20 years ago in the crappy 2018-19 version. Uh, honestly, in a lot of remakes, I feel uh, game remakes, that's the same too. A lot of these don't really add they don't? anything. They're not remaking the graphics? No, like I, I mean, and sometimes it's just a okay. straight-up re-release. That's, that's, well, that's another good reason. Okay, so the accessibility, like you said, is, it's, is one it's thing? It's accessibility. That's the one thing, whereas I, I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying, other than I do think it, it applies for both games and movies, but um, it's just the accessibility, whereas... In, in an ideal world, the well, movie is accessible both ways, whereas... With games, you kind of need that remake. But the the interactivity, we're not talking about sequels at all. Like, why are sequels okay? Well, usually when you get, when you get to Rocky Four, it becomes a joke. With games, the interactivity keeps it, I think, fresh as well. You can do a lot more with the game versus a movie, retreading the same plot with the same actor. How many times can you resell, retell the same Rocky story? Well, now you can do it seven times. We've had seven Rocky movies at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, we've had eight. We've had eight Rocky movies now. Hey, the, the last three have been good. The two Creeds and the Rocky Balboa have been good. Oh, that's right. Okay, so I was like five. There were six original the Creeds, Rockies. And then and the I forgot Creeds. I forgot the other Rockies. Yeah. This is, so so it, it gets tougher, though. Once you get to Friday the 13th Part 5, it gets tougher to retell basically the same story again. With games, when people are interacting, they make their own story, their own experience. It's, it means the difference between you're, you're creating your own experience versus experiencing one made for you. That's the simplest way I, can, I could do it. Okay. Um, hey, look at the screen real quick. Okay. All right. Last question. I, I was... <laughs> this is from uh, Brandon Vem. Uh, I'm asking this to Pat. How would Pat and Pat the NES Punk if he decided not to do it anymore? Wow. Okay. Um, I thought about this a couple of times. A couple of times. If it would be good to not let it linger if I had to let it linger if I had to if I had oh, no, to don't. if I had to let it linger Please. Um, it'd be better just to go out with like a final like sort of season pack of like hey I'm gonna do 10 episodes do or, a Netflix drop not, not a drop but like if I did like a 10 episode thing where once a week you put one out for 10 weeks versus having it well I do two one year one another that's probably how I would do it and say sure. get all the rest of my ideas out the only problem is to do that would require a chunk of time and actually money 
to have to produce it and to get help to do it. But that's what I would do. I, I write out like 10 scripts, maybe have an overarching plot, probably because I, I go over the top with that. You know, um, bring back maybe a couple of people for final appearances. Uh, maybe maybe the evil game store owner, maybe Frank, maybe... maybe <laughs> Maybe, uh, what, what? Kill me off! I, I can kill you off in real life <laughs> if you want me to. Uh, you know, just do that. Bring back Denise. Donkey, you know, but, but do it like a final send-off. Like, here's the final, Pat, the final ten episodes. And then just do it like that, and that's it. Pat Denise Punk, the miniseries. The, the final season. The final season. Have me fight someone near the waterfall, and we both get tossed off. You know, we can do that. Sherlock Holmes reference. You, you, you. You'll be despondent and you won't know what to do anymore and we'll just take a video of you wandering around the zoo and you fall in the lion pit and Pat the NES Punk is gone. That's how it ends? Yes. At the San Diego Zoo? Would there be a market for that? Do like the, the final 10 episodes? Maybe. That's that's what I thought about because as I'm getting older, I'm not going to be doing, uh, you know, I'm not going to be like, you know, when the Three Stooges got to be 70 years old and at that point they should have hung it up, you know, 15 years ago. It was like pathetic at that point. And I love the Three Stooges, but just stop. You can't do the same thing for like 50 years in a row. You got you to move on. Unless you're the Three Stooges, that's what you want to do. But I'm just saying, I don't want to be the Three Stooges. I don't want to do it. That's not for me. But um, yeah, but there is one There is one that's got to be edited still. I'll do one more at least this year. There'll be two. Ep- there'll be three episodes this year. The one that came out in January, uh, then two others this year, probably. And then next year, we'll see. Well, with that. So is that it for the City of Pockets? How do you want to see? You really want to see me get thrown to the lines? Literally or figuratively? Nah, it was just a joke. Just a joke. Avgrad going to come back? The Online Video Game Reviewer Association. No. All right, that's it. Oh, for this. so many possibilities. That's it for this uh, CU podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Smash it on iTunes, Pobby, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to the podcast. Smash it. Uh, again, I'll be at uh, Missouri Game Con this weekend. And then the following weekend with Ian, August 10th and 11th at Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. And we will be there with Rocco the Wonder Dog. I think Rocco's yes. going to show up. <laughs> I was like, yes! And we'll go to Friendly's and maybe get some pizza. All right, so... With our friends. For Pat Contry, I'm Ian Ferguson. We'll see you someday.